Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. We're so glad you're joining us today. And for those of you joining us at home, we're glad to have you with us as well. Um, just a very quick appeal to all of you on site. Um, if, can you just take out your phone and make sure that you're not on our Wi-Fi? Because we are broadcasting from here, so we need to reserve the bandwidth for the broadcast. So please use your own mobile data. Thank you very much. Okay, today is the first Sunday of Lent, which is a very important season in our church calendar as we look towards Easter. So um, thank you for coming, and let's take a moment to greet one another. If you're here on site, you can turn to your neighbor and give them a wave. Uh, if you are online, you could type into the chat in YouTube, um, peace be with you, or greetings. And our moderator online will be standing by to respond to your chats as the service continues. So um, now let us please stand as you're willing and able and join me in the call to worship. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let, let us, us be, be glad this day for life, for breath, and, and for freedom, freedom to worship. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. We, we come, come to, to bring our, our gifts of praise and gratitude to the God, to the God of all creation. God is good, and in God's work we find our strength. We, we sing of all God's wonderful works. Let us give thanks and praise to the Lord. So now let's join our hearts and voices together in a time of singing. Um, you can feel free to be seated. You can stand. Uh, feel free to close your eyes, uh, hum along to the music, and take this time to really meditate on the words of the songs and allow God to speak to you through them.
Say 
grown cold there your love will unfold as you open my eyes to the work of your hand when I'm blind to my way there your spirit will pray as you open my eyes to the work of your hand as you open my eyes to the world of your hand, oceans will part, nations come at the whisper of your call. Hope will rise, glory show. Suffering may pass, Lord, your mercy will last. As you open my eyes to the words of your hand, and my heart will find praise, I'll delight in your way. As you open my eyes to the word of your hand, Jesus, In my life, your will. 
as you open my eyes to the work of your hand jesus open my eyes to the work of your hand oceans will part nations come at the whisper of your Good morning. We come together on this first Sunday of Lent during this year. The, sun, uh, the season of Lent for many Christians is a season of fasting. And um, I came across this prayer and I would like to invite you to reflect, meditate on the words as I read out this prayer. And perhaps the Holy Spirit might prompt you to move, to do certain things during this season so you would be able to prepare for Easter. The prayer is titled, The Fast Life. Fast from judging others. Feast on Christ dwelling in them. Fast from fear of illness. Feast on the healing power of God. Fast from words that pollute. Feast on speech that purifies. Fast from discontent. Feast on gratitude. Fast from anger, feast on patience. Fast from pessimism, feast on hope. Fast from negatives, feast on encouragement. Fast from bitterness, feast on forgiveness. Fast from self-concern. Feast on compassion. Fast from suspicion. Feast on truth. Fast from gossip. Feast on purposeful silence. 
fast from problems that overwhelm, feast on prayer that sustains, fast from anxiety, feast on faith. And during this time especially, fast from war, feast on peace. Amen. your glory might be seen in us then the world will know that Jesus Christ is Lord let us be one voice that glorifies your name let us be one voice declaring that you reign let us be one voice in love and harmony that we pray O oh god grant us unity let us be one voice that glorifies your name let us be one voice declaring that you reign let us be one voice in love and harmony and we pray oh god grant us unity now is the time for you and i to join our hearts in praise that the name of jesus will be lifted high above the earth then the world will know that jesus christ is lord let us be one voice that glorifies your name let us be one voice declaring that you reign let us be one voice in love and harmony and we pray oh god grant us unity let us be one voice that glorifies your name let us be one voice declaring that you reign let us be one voice in love and harmony and we pray oh god grant us unity Be one. 
morning and welcome to worshiping with us at FCC. Um, so this morning, uh, we are starting a new sermon series called Here We Grow. And I want to invite you to uh, get onto menti.com. Uh, whether you're online or you're on-site with us, uh, you can go into your web browser, go into menti.com and use this code 67868028. All right? So, um, basically, we've been using Menti as a way for us to interact during the sermon time, and I'd love to hear your points of view, uh, your input, uh, so that we can kind of grow this sermon together. All right. So the code is six seven eight six eight zero two eight. So this past Wednesday was what the church calls Ash Wednesday, and it marks the beginning. Um, of the season of Lent, as you've heard from David and Myak. And we call it Ash Wednesday because it reminds us of the frailty of our human condition. We are dust, and to dust we will return. And that's what we see in Genesis 3. So Lent is that 40-day period before Easter. And Easter, as you know, is a really important time in the church calendar. It's one of the most important times, actually. And so this 40-day period is an opportune time for us to pay deeper attention to the places God is inviting us to examine, to change, and to grow in. So I'd say Lent is a season of intention. Lent is a good time for us to pause and to ask the bigger questions of life, such as, what kind of world do we want to live in? What kind of world do you want to live in? What kind of world do you want for your children, your grandchildren, and those who will come after you? And what are your best wishes and hopes for the future of our world, our country, the city, for yourself and your loved ones? What do you pray for when you look at everything that's happening today? And perhaps on a personal level, what are you praying for yourself? So I wanted to ask you and begin uh, as we look at this, at this question, right? As we step into the season of Lent this year, what are your hopes? Maybe it's um, the first time you're think, um, thinking about Lent and you're hearing about it right now. What are your hopes as you step into this season? You see discernment, yes? I'm sure there are many of you who are praying about the future and perhaps you're seeking discernment, courage, peace, love, to be continually grateful, yes. Agape, new life, clarity, wonderful. Many different things that we're thinking of, right? And please continue to put them in um, to this word cloud. Honesty, God, Normalcy, yeah. Harmony, the energy to sustain, to be more like Jesus. Wow, that's beautiful. There are many things going on around us in the world and in our lives. 
And perhaps one of the hopes we all have in common is peace. And we see there, right? Uh, it's one of the bigger words, and probably many of us are thinking about peace right now in the world as we watch what is going on in Ukraine and as we pray for the people of Ukraine and Russia in this terrible time of war. Perhaps for some of us, we hope for a world that's more just, more inclusive, more loving. And we see many people having um, different things that they want to say, serenity, humility, no more war or invasion. So on a personal level, what are you praying for yourself? What are your hopes for yourself this season? Are you hoping to grow deeper spiritually? Or are you just kind of content to drift with the current wherever it takes you? And perhaps for some of us, you're just trying to survive each day. And that's understandable too, given the uncertain times that we live in. And so I'm going to begin today by sharing a verse in the Bible that is kind of startling. Right? And it's found in Galatians 6, 7-8. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. And this is quite a heart-hitting verse, right? But really, it's not saying anything we don't know. Basically, we reap what we sow, even in our spiritual lives. Lent is the season of intention. We reap whatever we sow, and when we sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit, meaning the fullness of life, the abundant life that Jesus promised. Today, we are starting this new sermon series called Here We Grow. And we had just finished a series on home and what it means to be a community of God's people. And when I think about a community in the Bible that truly sowed intention in their spiritual lives, I think about the early church in Acts 2. And so in Acts 2, in verse 37, it says, Now when the people basically heard this, they were cut to the heart. And if you want to know what they heard, you can actually go back and read a little bit before that, right? And they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And Peter said to them, Repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins will be forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, and for your children, and for all who are far away everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed this message were baptized, and that day, about 3,000 people were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people and day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. 
is a very familiar passage to actually many of us, I would say. And one of the first things that Peter told them, the crowds, when they asked them, what can we do when the message cut to their hearts? And Jesus told them, repent. Now, repent is a word that has many meanings in it, right? And you have heard the word repent perhaps throughout your lives. So I want to ask you, what does repent mean to you? Okay, when you hear the word repent, what does it connote in your mind? Like, what image is it comes up for you? Right? To turn around. Wow, very good. Excellent. To turn around, right? Reflection. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, before you can turn around, often it's preceded by a time of true reflection, a change of mindset. Excellent. To learn and grow, enlightenment, transform from the world. Beautiful. To do something different. To stop. Yes? Stop. Turn around. A change of mindset. Metanoia. Wow, very good. Did you read my notes already? Yeah. <laughs> very good. That's a Greek word for repent, by the way, but we'll get into that in a while, okay? So a, very, a lot of very well... <laughs> a lot of knowledgeable people. I, don't, I think a lot of them are knowledgeable. It doesn't have to be Yemi alone. <laughs> to act differently, gratefulness, humility, to rise to new life, to change your ways. Beautiful. To be sorry. Yep. All right. Lovely to admit your wrongdoings. Beautiful. Thank you so much for all of that. But you see a lot of you put turned around, right, to make amends. So, unfortunately, the word repent tends to have a very moralistic tone to it, right? Doesn't it? It does to me. And it has often the image of confessing our sins. Like, oh, I have to repent, so I have to go confess my sin. But that is not what the original word actually means. Like one of you, or a few of you, the original Greek word is metanoia, which literally means change. And some of you said that, right? You didn't say metanoia, but you said change of mindset, right? Even more precisely, it means a change of mind and heart. A change of mind and heart. And some of you also got it correct. The Hebrew word for repentance means turning, right? Not turning to anything, but turning to God. So if you put those all together, metanoia or repentance means turning to God and changing our minds and hearts. That's what it means. Turning to God and changing our minds and hearts. And this is encapsulated in this call from the prophet Joel, who was quoted by Peter in this whole passage, if you read earlier on. And Joel says, Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart. Return to me with your whole heart. Can you, can you feel that the, the emotions behind those words? Father James Martin says, yet even now, means even after all you have done, even after all this life you have led, even after failing time and again, even after many lengths, we continually fail in our resolve to be more loving, to be more gracious, to be more compassionate, or more humble and less needy of public praise. And all this can seem overwhelming because we fail so often. But you know, that doesn't matter to God. 
Even now, says God, I want you to return to me. I'm ready to give you another chance. I'm here waiting for you. What would it mean for us to return to God? It would take reflection, right? As some of you said, where have we grown distant? Have you grown distant from God over this past year, over this past two years? Has it been hard for you to feel close to God? Where have we lost sight of God in our lives? Where have we, when you think about what practices, habits, unhealthy patterns, what needs to fall away? And which practices do you need to take up? I really liked what Myak shared in a prayer just now, right? To fast from and to feast on. What is God asking you to fast from in this season and to feast on? And once we've decided on these paths back to God, can we do them with our whole hearts? Not half-heartedly, not like uh, reluctantly. See, God doesn't demand or expect from us perfection. What God desires from us is our whole heart. And we see that time and again in the Bible. God just wants our heart. So rather than relying on our familiar responses, our old coping mechanisms for dealing with the challenges in our lives, can we at this time return to a posture of active waiting and listening and depending upon God? Can we return to a place of fervent prayer for all that is wrong in our world and there's so much wrong in our world right now? Can we return to a place of active trust that our help comes indeed from the Lord who made heaven and earth and everyone in it? When we think about the first community of Christians in the book of Acts, I think there's much we can learn from the story about the intention to return to God and actually the after effects of doing so. You see, Peter had preached this amazing sermon that really cut to the heart, right? And then you see that 3,000 people were baptized on that day. That's quite something, right? I think at our last baptism, we had about six people. And that was quite amazing already for us, right? But 3,000 people. I mean, what happens next? Well, we know they didn't build a mega church, right? So that they can all get together at once, right? In fact, they don't build anything. They just began meeting in small groups in the homes of believers. And we see in verse 42 that when they meet, they devoted themselves to these four things, teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. And some call these four things the marks of the early church, devotion to teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. If you were to examine your own spiritual life right now, are there areas the Spirit of God is urging you to pay more attention to? In what ways is God calling you to return with your whole heart? And so if you're willing to share, as we were thinking about the ex-community, what area is the Spirit of God 
urging you to pay more attention to in your life. It could be one of those four activities, right? Teaching, um, breaking of bread, fellowship, prayer, or it could be some other areas in your life. But what area of your life is God surfacing for you, urging you, please, would you turn your eyes and pay more attention to this? And we see growth. That's lovely. Right? It's an area, right, that all of us desire to move into, something that we want to grow together as a, as a community, as you see in our series. Here we grow, right? Our work life, mm-hmm. the needs of others to draw closer to God, obedience, helping others, forgiveness, not isolating myself. That's a really good one, right? I think a lot of us, this past two years, have inadvertently isolated ourselves in various ways. And it's really hard kind of getting back into the groove of things. Even getting back into church in person has been uh, challenging for many. Patience, balance, letting go, to prioritize God in my life, yeah? Mercy for others, getting my need from God rather than people. Yeah, a refocus, right? Prayer, friends and family, growth, knowledge and understanding of God to allow God to penetrate and permeate all aspects of my life. Wow. Trust towards others. Yeah. One of the things I really appreciate about all of you is just how reflective you are. You know, oftentimes when I throw out questions, I sometimes wonder, oh no, I don't know if, you know, um, it's asking you to share too much. But I think often when I read your answers, it, it shows me how aware and reflective you are in your life. And I really appreciate that about all of you. Helping my colleagues to grow and develop, to care for them better, not just focusing on my own work and performance. Yep. Don't be a couch potato. Yeah, I think that um, is important for all of us. <laughs> So, Richard Raw said this. He said, We do not think ourselves into a new way of living, but we live ourselves into a new way of thinking. Remember, repentance actually truly means to turn around, turn back to God, and to have a change of mind and heart, right? But to have a new way of thinking, we actually almost have to live ourselves into it. Right? So, sowing intention. Will you sow the intention to return to God with your whole heart and to live like it? And then we have sowing intimacy with God. I think one way we live ourselves into a new way of thinking is to start by sowing intimacy with God. And that's what this season is inviting us to do. It is a time of deepening our connection with God, nurturing this gift of relationship with God. You see, this gift of relationship with God is something we often take for granted, right? And I say gift, right? Because it truly is a gift that we can have a relationship with God. Many of us only run to God in times of crisis or pain instead of waiting until something dramatic or critical happens. What if we exercise the intention to grow in our intimacy with God just because it's about time for us to do so. 
God has been waiting for you to return with your whole hearts. This year as a faith community, we'll be focusing on the spiritual practice of prayer during this season of Lent. You know, we usually have our prayer meetings on Wednesday evenings. And during this season, we'll be holding three special sessions on those dates to learn and to experience different forms of prayer together. I'll be kicking off the first session on centering prayer. And if you want to sow intimacy with God, this is one form of prayer that you might find helpful to add to your basket of spiritual practices. So centering prayer is a receptive method of silent prayer in which we experience God's presence within us, closer than breathing, closer than thinking, closer than consciousness itself, in response to our intention to become more deeply united with the Divine Presence, God acts within us to transform us, making us more like Christ. And once intimacy with God deepens, and our awareness of the intimacy expands. So if you're curious to experience this for yourself, or to find out more, please make plans to join us. Be intentional. I hope it will offer another way for you to deepen intimacy in your relationship with God. But you know, it doesn't stop there for the early church, and it doesn't stop there for us. As a result of them being together and doing all these things together, we read that awe came upon everyone. They were inspired by miraculous wonders and signs, and all who believed were together had all things in common they would sell their possessions and their goods and distribute the proceeds to all, as any had need. Our spiritual lives cannot stop at just intention to return and intimacy with God. It doesn't stop there. There's also an invitation to sow interdependence. We also need to sow interdependence. In Acts 4, we see how the community grew together by depending on one another. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds to, of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. And there was a Levite, a native of Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field that belonged to him, then brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And they talk about him because later on in the, gospel, uh, in the Bible you'll hear about him. Of one heart and soul. Acts notes that this is a community of one heart and soul. And doesn't that sound like something we all yearn for most? To be part of a community that is of one heart and soul. But that's not easy, right? In order to be a one heart and soul, one of the things we need to learn is to be interdependent. And to be honest, this is quite challenging. 
Because interdependence means recognizing that I need you and the community and that you and the community needs me too. And the truth is that we need each other to thrive in life. But we grow up in a society that values independence. And we have been taught that we should not depend on anyone as far as possible. And being successful in life means we did it on our own, with minimal help from others, right? And in the same way, we expect others to be independent too. And we secretly judge those who depend on other people for help. I think as Christians, we are sometimes especially guilty of this. And that is partly because this underlying belief in independence comes a lot from the Protestant work ethic. It's one of the values in the Protestant work ethic. And that is why we judge others who depend on other people for help. Yes, I mean, we help them if they need help, but we judge them at the same time. And we also judge ourselves in times when we need help, perhaps more harshly than anyone else. And that's why we sometimes find it hard to ask for help. It doesn't come naturally to many of us. And it's almost like a spiritual practice to learn to ask for help. So one thing I've learned over the years is that we need each other. I need you, and you need me. And we truly are better together. And I'm sure many of you have experienced this too. If you are increasingly feeling like FCC is home for you, especially if you've sat through the series before this, and you're starting to feel like, yeah, this is home, I want to invite you to prayerfully consider becoming a member. We often joke and say membership has its privileges. And this is referring to a tagline in an American Express commercial many years ago, uh, for those of you who may be too young to remember. Well, membership does have its privileges and obligations. And if you're curious to know more about what these privileges and obligations are, you can email us at info at freecomchurch.org or come talk to me or Miak. But essentially, becoming a member means saying, this is where I want to grow and help others grow too. This is where I belong. And I want to help others feel a sense of belonging too. I'm sharing this with you because you'll be having a baptism and membership service during Easter on 17th of April. And if any of you desire to be baptized, if you're not baptized yet, and or become a member of FCC, or if you have any questions about either of these things, about baptism, about membership, please feel free to come talk to me or Miak, or you can email us, um, and we'll be happy to converse more with you. And when I say we are truly better together, I don't mean just within our FCC community. I mean interdependence and needing each other in the wider community too. As a progressive and inclusive church that is LGBTQ plus affirming, we are actually part of a wider community of many different groups who are working towards justice and inclusion. And as we work alongside each other on various projects, I can see how we are truly better together. 
we share insights and knowledge with one another, we support and encourage each other along the journey. In times when you're disappointed, in times when you're excited. And that has been invaluable and precious to me. Interdependence is the idea that everything in nature, in life, is connected to and depends on every other thing. Our dependence on God, our dependence on one another, and how others depend on us too. Not only do we need God and one another, there are others out there in the world who need us as well. You see, in Acts 4, in verse 34, we read that the clearest reason why they found it necessary to hold all in common, all possessions in common, was because they were primarily concerned that there is no one needy among them. Wow. They were concerned about those who, who were needy among them and wanted to provide for them. And since there was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold, and they laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Wow. So I wanted to ask you, honestly, what do you think about this way of communal life? Right? I mean, it's quite something, right? So, I have a couple of options there. Maybe none of it fit your options, but, you know. Some of the options you have is, it's inspiring and aspirational, one. Right? Wow, amazing. Wow, we should really try to be like that. Two, ideal, but so unrealistic. Right? Three, unrealistic and ineffective. It's like, huh? Right? Four, sounds a bit like Christian communism, right? Take everybody's things and then like distribute according to need. Sounds a bit like that, huh? Or four, five. It's definitely not for me. <laughs> I don't want to be part of a commune like that. <laughs> okay. So, what do you think? Yeah, okay, many of you say it's ideal, but unrealistic. Very, I mean, very pragmatic, right? I mean, you look at it and go like, oh, yeah, I mean, sounds good, but in real life, I don't know, right? Yeah. Thanks for your responses. None of you said it's uh, definitely not for me. <laughs> okay, thank you. So for those of us who live in modern capitalistic societies, the extent of this kind of communal sharing is unthinkable, right? Can you imagine doing that? Imagine if people told you, come, sell all your possessions, bring all your money here, then we share with everybody. It's like, huh? What? Sell everything I own and lay it at the feet of the apostles? Hold everything in common so we can provide for everyone in need? Sounds almost like a cult, right? I mean, in modern day, it will sound like a cult, right? And isn't Luke, who wrote Acts, right? Isn't he a bit naive? I mean, doesn't he know that such a community is impossible to sustain? So unrealistic, right? And actually, Luke knows it. He does. Because when we end our reading at chapter 4, if you continue a little bit more, just open up to chapter 5, the first verse, it starts with, but! Okay, everybody very happy together, share, 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 we provide for everybody need, but! A man named Ananias, blah, 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 blah. So go read it. And then we also hear about Sapphira, and their greed and their deception, and their untimely demise. 
So as soon as this community starts to come together, as soon as people's needs are being met, it all starts to fall apart. And perhaps this was inevitable. We know what we human beings are really like. And this is why Acts is not meant to be a blueprint for the perfect church. The church community in Acts is just as flawed as any community. So I don't think we need to necessarily follow the external form or the model of the ex-church community. I think this passage shows us how the power of God has the potential to work in us through the Holy Spirit in any time and in any place. And I think the challenge for us today is, will we move in the spirit of the ex-church? And are we doing all we can to truly take care of each other and others who are in need. As Luke Timothy Johnson observes, throughout history, the church has been far too often been a sign of wealth rather than of poverty and has aligned itself with the rich and the powerful on earth more than the weak and lowly. And it's ironical, right? Because Jesus was identified with the weak and the lowly. So this radical sharing of Acts 4, it speaks to our own church cultures. It challenges us with the same spirit that empowered the early group of believers. I felt very led to preach from this passage as we consider what we need to do as a community who dares to grow and to change. It all began with God's challenge to me personally. So two weeks ago, I was actually studying Acts in my New Testament class. And one of my classmates from another class, he happened to email me. And this classmate is originally from Pakistan. And he wrote to me to ask if I can pray for and help one of his good friends who is now in Malaysia. His friend Kamran and his wife Kiran and their daughter are Pakistani Christians. And they are currently refugees in Malaysia. So I told him I would try my best to see if I can help, but no promises of what the outcome would be. So I prayed and I sat on the issue for some time. And one day God reminded me of them and I felt very convicted to help them. There was almost a sense of urgency. Like I felt like the Spirit urging me to do something. And I asked God how I could help them. And God reminded me of Acts 2 and how the early church came together to take care of all in need. So I heard from my classmate that they needed help in gross, with groceries, with rent, with medication. And so I arranged to send them some money to help with groceries and medication first because Kamran is sick. And I know that for this to be sustainable, I can't help them fully on my own. So if any of you feel led to help them too, please let me know. And I'm also working on reaching out to other friends and to see if they can help offer spiritual and social support to this family. This is one way to practice interdependence. But there are many other ways too. I know some of us would have donated in some way or form to the aid work in Ukraine. I heard from one of my friends how she booked and paid for an Airbnb accommodation in Ukraine, not because she wanted to go stay there, but so that the money can reach the owner of that place directly as a form of support and help. And I thought, Oh, that was such an ingenious way to help the people of Ukraine. And perhaps you have other ingenious ways of helping. And as we begin this season of Lent, 
I pray that we'll be more intentional about one, asking for help for ourselves and offering help to those in need without judgment. The call today is an invitation for you to sow intention, intimacy, interdependence. Will you sow intention to return to God with your whole heart? Will you sow intimacy with God through nurturing your prayer life? Will you sow interdependence by learning to ask for help and putting into action the help we can offer others who are most in need? May we experience the moving of the Spirit in new ways in this season of Lent as we live out the Spirit of the ex-Church in this age and time. Amen. As we move from the message we just heard into a time of Holy Communion, um, I would like to invite all of us to really start with sowing the intention of being fully present at this table. So perhaps with a small change in posture, a deep breath, or a brief closing of the eyes, just um, signal to yourself really um, that we are here to be fully present and in communion with God. We gather each Sunday at this table, and even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space, because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognises no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria, you do not have to be a member of FCC, you do not have to be baptised. You only need to recognise that God's grace is sufficient. We are your people, God, called together in your love. We are your children, Mother, called around the table of your word. We are your disciples, Lord, called together to praise and give you thanks. We thank, we thank you, you good, good and gracious God, for calling us to be your people, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hands to touch and bless our world. Even as your people, God, we are separated from ourselves, each other, and you, the creator of life. Let us confess our brokenness. As people caught in our tradition, we confess that we have helped perpetuate systems that deny the dignity and sacred worth of all sorts and conditions of persons. We have paid lip service to equality. Our lives are based on discrimination of the other. We have been our own worst enemies. We have failed ourselves, others, and we have failed you, God. Moved by your power, we accuse ourselves because we have not allowed you to form us as a new people. We confess our sin 
and we and pledge to work for reconciliation with one another. We thank you, gracious God, for forgiveness and the chance to start again. We thank you, gracious God, for the gift of your Spirit given to us in Jesus, in whom we are freed from the past and its oppression, in whom the gift is complete. Gracious God, you are the mother of creation and the father of all life. We are gathered as your people to thank you for your blessings, to receive your mercy and forgiveness, and to remember how Jesus died for us, accepting death to show his love for us and you. Remember how Jesus came to us, becoming one of us, born like us, of flesh and blood and bone, a fully human person like us in all things but sin. Remember how on the night before Jesus died, he gathered with his friends for one last meal. Siblings, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more ever. Anyone eating this bread will not die ever. This is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, remember me. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I love you as I have been loved. Abide in my love. This is my blood shed for you. Take, drink, remember me. May the stewards come forward to distribute the elements.
Jesus, you are always present in our midst. You come to us simply, lovingly, humbly, in word and sacrament, in this bread and wine, and in the love we share with one another. Let us eat and drink of this bread and wine, remembering Jesus, his teaching, his life, his suffering, his death, and his rising to new life. May all partake of the elements together. May invite you to rise if you are willing and able for the prayer of communion. Gracious and loving God, you have made us one in the body of Christ and nourished us at your table with holy food and drink. Thank, Thank you, you for, for feeding, feeding our, our hunger and relieving our thirst. With deep gratitude, we offer you our lives, our love, ourselves gathered in Jesus by your life-giving Spirit. May we become a new people, wholly pleasing to you, a people giving glory to your name. Amen. Please be seated. So good morning and welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. FCC is an inclusive church. That means you're welcome here regardless of your, um, your gender identity, your sexual orientation, your economic status, or any other labels the world puts on you. So to those of you who worship with us regularly and to those of you joining us for the first time, welcome home. My name is David and I'm the service leader for today. So if you're watching at home and the sermon has blessed you, which I hope it has, please give our video a like so that the YouTube algorithm can recommend it to more people. Uh, and if you're new to FCC, if this is your first time with us, or maybe you've been watching our videos a few times, we would invite you to leave your details at um, this QR code or fcc.la welcome. And our pastors or staff will reach out to you and find out how we can better serve your needs. Uh, we also have a newcomers meeting on the last uh, Sunday of every month, so that will be 27th March after service. And if you'd like to be part of that, um, it's a chance for you to find out more about uh, who our church is, meet some of our leaders, find out about our theology, our organization, and how you can become part of our community. So yeah, you can email info at freecomchurch.org. So um, this is the time when we have our monthly update for the budget. Um, I'm, I guess the building fund seems to be on track. Uh, we're slightly behind by only 1%. The general fund, unfortunately, is now 3% behind, which equates to about $9,000. And this is only the second month of the year. So unfortunately, that's not very good news. If we continue at this rate, by the end of the year, we'll probably be behind by around $50,000 over $1,000. So um, for our members, this is an, an appeal. Uh, we've committed to support the ministries of this church. So we please um, encourage everyone, if you can, 
are able or uh, to give a little more each month, we invite you to do so. And if you haven't already set up a um, like a standing order or recurring way of giving, we also encourage you to do that. So it'll be a way that you can just decide at the beginning of the year what you're able to commit for the whole year, and then just set up a recurring um, transfer. That will actually help our church to be on a much more stable financial footing. So um, there are two ways that you can give, as always, um, to our general fund and to our building fund. And the building fund goes to pay for the mortgage on this property, but the general fund is primarily to pay for our pastors and staff salaries. So if you're like me, actually, uh, we really want to do our best to support our pastors who have poured their love and their life into serving our community. And that's also why we really need to raise the, the amount we have set, a, set, up, um, set aside at the beginning of the year. So please, do. Um, you can scan these QR codes to give, or you can give at, by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. So please join me as we pray for the offering. Dear God, we trust in you to provide. We trust in you to meet the needs of our community and our budget. And we thank you for all those who have generously contributed over these years and continue to contribute to support your work that you're doing through our ministry in this world. Please help us to steward our resources wisely and to use them to expand your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I invite the ushers to come forward to take up the offering. If you're here on site and you would like to drop some cash in the bag, please raise your hand and the ushers will come to you. So as they are going around, we have a few announcements to make. So as uh, Pauline said, we are in, um, having some baptism and membership classes coming up. So baptism, of course, is a way, uh, if you've been a Christian for a while but you've never been baptized or you're a new Christian, this is a chance for you to make a commitment publicly to the world, to the community, and to yourself that you're committing your life to Jesus. So it's a great thing. I encourage you to do that. Um, so the baptism class will be held on the 24th of March. And as Pauline also said about membership, it's, if you consider FCC to be your spiritual home and you would like to also publicly make that declaration that you're committed to this place, you can join us as a member on, uh, at the membership class, 7th April, and then this will, will uh, be, I guess it will teach you about our church, the history of the church, what it means to be a member. So you can register at this QR code for the baptism or membership class um, or at fcc.la slash 2022baptism. And as Pauline also mentioned, during this season of Lent, we're having three classes on different kinds of prayer. So if you feel like maybe you want to learn more about different ways to pray, different ways to connect to God, you can learn about Centering Prayer, Lectio Divina, Praying for Others on March 16th, 23rd, and 30th at 8 to 9.30 p.m. And this will be uh, online. You can sign up at info at freecomchurch.org to get the link. Right, so yeah, I hope to see you all there at these classes. Okay, the last announcement will be an appeal to, for um, board members. So, okay, this might be a bit dry, but I hope I can make it a bit entertaining. So last Sunday, Jamie already spoke about our need for new board members. And our board is currently made up of five people, which is Gary, Jamie, Sean, Jimmy, and myself. Now, I am the newest board member. I've only been serving for one year. Um, 
and we meet regularly to discuss a variety of issues, financial issues, policies, direction of the church. So yeah, maybe that sounds pretty boring, pretty dry, but what it really comes down to is it's about how we can best care for our pastors, our staff, and our congregation, and how we can steward our resources and chart the direction of the church. So actually, it's, it's pretty important work. Um, and we all serve for two-year terms, but some of our board members have been serving for more than 10 years. I think Gary is 19 years. So actually, I hope you agree with me that some of them kind of need a break. Uh, we do need new people to step up and maybe take over some of these roles that our board members have been faithfully doing for so long. So um, maybe you're like me, you're just happily attending FCC, you're maybe serving in some ministries, uh, and you meet the criteria for being a board member. You're over 21 years old, you've been a leader at FCC for 18 months or more, but you've just never thought about serving on the board. You know, maybe you're thinking, oh, I'll wait for someone to ask me in person. Well, okay, now I'm asking you. <laughs> so if, if you feel any even stirring in your heart to serve this community, to step forward, we really, really, really need your help. And we would like you to invite you to sit in as an observer at some of our board meetings. The dates are up there. These are one-ship meetings, we call them, because the board and the council meet together so we can move the church together as one ship. Um, so please come and observe and then see if this is uh, something that God is calling you, maybe a new way that you can serve God's people. And we would also like to maybe improve the diversity of the board as well. So currently we have one female, four men. So maybe we could use a few more women on the board. Um, and we would like to improve our diversity in every aspect so that our board reflects the diversity of our community. So yeah, please, um, if you're willing to do that, then email info at freecomchurch.org. Now you do have to be an FCC member, but you can join. You can become a member at our membership class. So yeah, that's, the information is up there. And so now, with that, I invite Pastor Miak to give us the benediction. May I invite all of you to stand as you are willing and able to receive the benediction. People of God, Know that you have been sown into this world, that you have a purpose, a purpose to let people know of God's love, to be love, to experience that love. So in this season of Lent, I invite you to sow, to intentionally sow love in the world to intentionally deepen your relationship with God and to intentionally deepen your relationship with the people around you. So that when we come to Easter, we see a blossoming, we see flowers, we see fruits coming to shape so that the world is transformed. And may this season be a season of nurturing, a season of growth for all of you. Go in peace, go in love, and go in justice always. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Um, have a blessed week ahead.